Hello, and welcome back to episode two of the four episodes we are doing together with Josh Connolly and Jack Simpson. Today, we are focusing our conversation around two things. One, addiction. Uh, obviously, we've spoken a bit about this with Josh before, um, but we're going to open up a little bit. We're going to speak to Jack about this. And then the second thing we're going to speak about is kind of serendipitous is, is into the time that we're in now, and that is coming out of lockdown. How will I come out of lockdown and who do I want to show up to be? Uh, I really hope you enjoy this one, guys. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. With a baseline, we are back in the house now. Get to know. Okay. Um, hello and welcome, guys. We can cut that out if you want. We might want to keep it in. Who knows? Leave it in. It is Tuesday. No, it's not. It is Thursday morning. We are just about to begin opening our lives up into the wonderful world of England, I'm going to say. Right? We've, we've, we kicked things open on the 12th. And here we are in a, in a recording studio together. I have Jack Simpson on my left. And I have Josh the Devil Connolly on my right. New MC name. I've just named it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> and we've gathered in this little room in, in Wimbledon. Socially distanced. Absolutely. I'm, I'm two metres apart from both of you. Mm. All of that stuff. Because we're going to speak about two things. Number one, we're going to speak about addiction, what that means. It can mean anything. Could it mean I, I eat too much food? Could it mean I do drugs on the weekend? How do I stop? Could it mean that I, I'm addicted to the sun? I'm addicted to spending too much money? I'm filling a void in my life? Or could it just mean how we know addiction? Day-to-day, -day, boozing at work, whatever it is, we'll get onto it. The second thing we're going to speak about today is coming out of this year and a half bizarre hole and, and how and who we want to be and how we're going to turn up because there are wonderful things that we've I guess, learned and loved about ourselves in the last kind of nine months, whatever it's been, of, of kind of shielding our lives and getting into these routines. And there are there are parts that we're also desperate to come out and do again. And the, being really honest, a lot of uh, a lot of my demons are probably going out and partying a bit too much and seeing other areas of my life kind of fall apart that I'm really proud of because I sacrificed them to go out and get drunk instead. So the biggest thing for me personally, and getting straight into this, ladies and gentlemen, is I, I lived a very methodical, routine life in lockdown, mm -hmm. right? So from mm -hmm. Jan, and I'm not even kidding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, from Jan to today, I've got this Apple Watch, I've not dropped an hour on my stand goal, I have not dropped a calorie on my move goal, even though I've had a few like drinking nights, I'll be up and I'll do a run the next day, I've had like mad discipline. And Discipline or addiction? Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good to see you, Josh Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get into this, but I'm glad you asked me the question. Just humanising and setting the scene as to where, what I'm worried about. I'm worried about this Friday. I've got you know a two p.m. tomorrow. Sorry, two, I'm I'm excited. I've got butterflies in my stomach. I'm going to have six or seven of my friends around a table in a Italian pizzeria. There's going to be beer. There's going to be limoncello. There's going to be pizza. Probably not a lot, but it's going to get eaten. No. <laughs> and and there might be, there might be somebody arriving who goes, "I'm going to liven this party up, guys. Look, we got to 9 p.m. in the freezing cold in lockdown, and we pretended to enjoy ourselves. Here's some cocaine. 
Josh Connolly, welcome to the show. How you doing? <laughs> doing very well, thank you. Yeah, feel like I want a pizza now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a so fat line. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, no, but genuinely, I, I want to ask this question. I want to kind of kick things off. Um, before we get into this, right, I'm going to ask, what are you proud of, right, Josh? Mm. I'm going to start here. You you live a very different life to, I guess, Jack and I. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna start a bit, a bit further behind. Actually, I'm gonna say, can you do a, a, a 90 second story of you and addiction and how you entered it and where you are? Wow, that's a tell. That is a task. In 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I fell in love with alcohol when I was 12 years old. Okay. Alcohol and drugs, and used them to medicate the ways that I felt until I was 24, and then I stopped them and told the world that I was clean and sober, but what I really did was just transferred to a... Did my volume is yeah, just suddenly up then. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> someone knows. Someone knows yeah. the man. Someone's listening in. Someone's <laughs> listening in. Uh, let me just move away a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then at the age of 24, when I stopped drinking and using drugs, I switched from that and moved over to mainly behavioural addictions. Right. Which is where I'm at now. Behavioural addiction. Better addictions. Um, less... Um, less less externally noticeable addictions. Okay. I think there's a discussion to be had about... Look, they're definitely less damaging because my life has progressively mm. got better. Mm. Um, but I think it's the awareness of them more than anything. I don't know if it's just the fact that they're different. Wow. Okay, that, thank you. And I, I'm, my quick fire my, my quick question to you today is going to be, what are you proud of that has changed since you've been in lockdown? Um, coming back to my family properly. Okay. So it's being more present with my wife and kids. Yeah. Um, has definitely been one of the big things that I've managed to do in lockdown. Okay. And yeah. the second question I have for you is, what are you, what are you excited for returning back? No. Hol- holiday. Holiday. Thank you very much. Travelling, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. And the third question is what are you fearful of happening to you now there is more freedom that is allowed back? Um, I guess it would be that I will go back into my uh, my like heavy work addiction okay. and become obsessed again with the gratification that comes from doing the in-person stuff. It's highly addictive. Right, okay. Mm, yeah. And when you say, because you're, you're a coach, right? It's just setting context. You... You go into uh, a big room and you do a big presentation on resilience or on addiction or whatever we're talking about right now. Yeah. And you get this endorphin flood into your body where everyone's watching you and you're on the stage or you're in the room and that's the addictive part? Uh, that part's addictive, but the best part is when you get a big queue of people afterwards at the end to tell you how amazing you are. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so then, and that gives you a false sense of um, self yeah, and it's mm. very hard to then go home to your wife and kids, and just have three of them tell you that they love you and recognise that that's way more important than the queue of four hundred mm. that just did it. Oh, that's really interesting. It's bizarre, isn't it? That's very strange. You don't think, and, and you can mm. see how one can fall off. Where because just hearing that, this is, you're like a for the day you're a celebrity, right? Yeah. And that that must be how you know you know people look at celebrities go, oh, it's good that he's not let it go to his head. It actually is. That's mental. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost impossible for it not to, right? Especially because, as well, the people that kind of chase that stuff, and I put myself in that bracket mm. to some degree, I'm chasing it because I'm trying to meet that need of feeling like, mm. at my core, I'm not lovable, right? 
So, so then I go out and desperately try and be lovable and yeah. likable. Mm. Okay. I'm going to pause here. This is interesting. It's what What is in, I find it always amazing because I, I speak to you about this kind of stuff so regularly. And even now I've just learned something about, you know, someone that in quotation marks has their shit together yeah. and, and and speaks to other people that perhaps don't have their shit together can still have elements that they're, that they're learning about themselves and find, get polarised. Oh, no. oh. By the okay. way, just just quickly, I don't have my shit together any more than the people that I coach. Mm. Okay, thank you. Good disclaimer. And you don't do therapy, you do coaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Get a fucking degree. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Read the small print. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Simpson, welcome. Hello. Thank you, guys. Nice to see you. Um, we, we're going to get a few uh, ums today, apparently. No, slightly less ums. And yeah, and yeah we're going we're gonna, to, we're fully focused. We're, wow. we're, we're moving in the zone of it. I'm going to ask you Talk the, to the, me, the questions here, the loaded mm. questions here. So, Jack, mm. what are you proud of in lockdown after returning mm. from Dubai after your three mm. and a half year holiday? Yeah. What are you proud of uh, <laughs> since going into it in the last three months? Sure. I'd say what I'm proud of. Uh, I would say more of a health routine in terms of my sleep at night. I was getting much better sleep at mm. night, um, looking after my body physically in the gym. Uh, all those, these, are, these are such boring things to talk about, but there wasn't much to do. So my, I would use my time to work out, to get good sleep at night. There would be less interruptions of going out seeing my mates having late nights right, if, I, if okay. I can give you an example so cool. being at one with my body I would say definitely okay, fine. what was my my second question was uh, what have you found tough uh, what have I found tough I've found tough like a routine of normality in, in being out there in the world being able to communicate with people almost having like a like a like a fear to you know have, have conversation because I'm not yeah. used to it that slight sort of paranoia would come in as well so like returning yeah, so... Like, a, like a job interview you haven't done something like that for such a long time so yeah. communicating with people face to face you know for wow. any kind of scenario like that would be would be difficult sometimes because so it wasn't as regular because it okay interesting so you're yeah. saying because uh, human contact mm. wasn't as regular mm. you uh, you almost feared it because it was like when you're when you're working every day yeah. you have to see human beings every yeah. day so the the social anxiety goes away a yeah, little yeah, bit exactly you're having exactly. so much interesting fine the the, the third question mm. there are four questions mm. the third question is what are you looking forward to uh, now you're heading out of of, of lockdown. Well, I'd say looking forward to 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 just being normal again. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. Jumping from the second question, I mean, it's looking forward to it, but it's also having that slight fear of going out there in the world again, going out into social interactions. Mm. What am I going to do? Will those um, you know disruptive, addictive past that I have had, which I will come on to shortly, will it reap its ugly head again? And, mm. and I think I, I'm looking forward to things in terms of my friends. You know, being able to go out and just have a pint in the pub. You know. Um, you know, go for a simple meal with my partner, just those mm. normal things of life. But also it's scary at the same okay. time. There, there's like a, there's a, there's a contrast. So you've answered both my questions in mm. one there. It's interesting yeah. that, isn't it? I said, what are you looking forward to? And Two you birds, kind of one stone. Used to, thank you. You started with, oh, I'm, I can't wait to go out yeah. and see my friends. And then you go, shit, when I go mm. out and see my friends, I know what happens. Yep. Let's dive in. Talk mm. to me. What's a what's a bad night? Or what's a good night? Then what tell me what happens at the end of A good night for Jack Simpson. Go. Okay, so good night with my angel um Over halo on my head. Uh I go out, uh, you know, whether it's with my partner, whether I'm with my friends, family, ideally have a lovely dinner. 
get a bit pissed. Nice. It's nice to just get a bit drunk, have good conversation, but sort of know know at the end of the evening, right, the evening's done, pub shut, it's quarter to 12, 12 o'clock, and I go home and I get into bed and that's it. Whereas a bad night for me is, is you know, having these triggers of friends around me, certain people that I love to hang out with like on a regular basis and mm. there is a twinkle in their eye, there's a conversation that leads on to some kind of drug or someone in the toilet they've run off to the toilet together mm -hmm. and i know what's happening yeah i've been there and that buzz of when you've had a couple of pints maybe three pints you lose all inhibitions i do personally and you go oh, it's all right just do a little bit you know it's right. okay oh i'm going i'm gonna run in that toilet oh uh, uh so and so mate come on let's just do a quick one recently or whenever I've done it in the in, in 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 my past recently, I haven't been the one to purchase, which is good because back before when it was quite a bad problem, mm. I would be the one to purchase and everyone would be going, Oh Jack, have you got some? That's okay. So you'd be the magnet. Whereas now it's still there and it will lead me astray. Okay. Like this Talk to me about what what is a stray so like? So go, let's finish what I was saying with the bad night. So the bad night will go and the minute it's done and mm. happened it will either be on a very rare occasion, I will have pressures of a, a partner at the time that's saying, babe, should we go home now? And I will make the right decision and go home, right. sort of laying there with my head looking up to the ceiling like I'm really buzzed. Do I sneak out the house and see my mates <laughs> after I've waited, wait, um, waited for her to go to sleep? Right. Like I've done that's this a before. genuine thought. Yeah, yeah. I've done yeah, this yeah. before many a time. And if I'm honest with you, it has um, caused problems in my relationship. Not the main sole reason why they've broken up, mm. but just... The contributing yeah, factor. Yeah, oh, massive sure. contributing factor. So if I was to... What were we saying? The question was, so then talk to me. I want to get to like shame. Like when does this get really yeah. bad? So... Uh, so that's that. So I can come home on on those rare occasions, and they're sort of great in themselves. And I'm like, wow, I actually didn't go that far. This is amazing. But then that moves you into thinking you can do it and okay. keep doing it because you might be able to control it. Right. However, it's very rare that happens. So on the occasions it's bad, it will you know become it's become an epidemic in the UK. I mean, so many people are doing it. Like I said last week. Everyone's doing it, everyone's thinking about it, but no one's talking about it. So that's mm. why we're here today. And it's sort of got, it, it gets so bad to the extent where it's like 5, 6 a.m., last few people in the house. And, and you know, dealers, Albanians, they're dropping it round whenever, whatever time, um, some rain or shine. What do you can, you can you go into this? Point? I, will, I will be I'll be the last man standing right. in a room of a few people, and I know it's time to go home now. And the amount of times this is a very honest conversation, mm. and 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 it's I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I'm completely rid rid um I've completely rid my brain and system of it, but it's like something I do fear that I will get back into. And there's been numerous times where I've had to walk down my pathway, sneak in the front door of the house, and my mm. parents are sort of either awake or they're there, and I sort of get to the room, and I'm in my bed, and I'm like, fuck, I did it, thank God for that. And I will lay there for hours trying to get to sleep. And sometimes it's okay, I can just pass out, but other times it's just soul-destroying. Mm. And it gets, it gets so badly affected in my life. And I know so many people will be able to relate to this. Mm. 
it's affected jobs in the past for me. I've had incredible jobs at, mm. you know, renowned five-star hotels. One of them in particular, um, where I very unfortunately got fired from, I called in sick about five or six times mm. because of this, and this was the problem. And eventually they showed me the door, and it was a big regret because it was a stunning hotel, amazing team, and I had everything at my feet mm. there. It was all, it was perfect, and... There was one particular time, uh, my dad, uh, I was actually at yours, we'd had a big night, yes. and I remember staying at yours, and I was on the sofa, and I was still buzzed, I was trying to sleep, and I knew I had work, my, my, my ex was trying to call me, my dad was trying to call me, they worked out where I was, they drove round to your house, <laughs> knocked on the door, Jeanette, right, where's Jack, where is he, he's got work, he's got work, so I sort of faked that I was asleep. And I got up. It was awful. So depressing. I, just so, this, so depressing. Yeah. So, And he drove me all the way to the place of work where I was working in Marylebone. And I walked in. I, I waited for him to see that I was going into work. But I just couldn't face the fact that I had to do a full eight-hour shift. Yeah. And I was, like, still buzzed from, like, two hours ago when I probably did my last line. And it's just, like... It's so embarrassing talking about this, but at the same time, it's quite nice because mm. I know that right now I'm not perfect, but I'm in a much better, more controlled mindset. You can talk and about I know it. that it's, I can talk about it. I know that it's a danger. I know that it's a problem, but I really need to eradicate it completely. Okay. Um, I, I want to pause here very so, quickly. Yeah, go on. Firstly, thank you for being this mm. honest. It's amazing. Yeah. Josh, you're sitting and listening. Um, I, I don't want to pretend and be the coach here, mm. but I definitely want to. I do. I'm, I'm tempted to ask questions mm -hmm. and say like, because this is clear that, that Jack, would you like? There have been like times that have been bad. There have been times that have been like the low. It feels like we're talking about a low right now, right? So it's when you lose a job, mm. you lose a relationship, you lose respect from the family, you lose a lot of stuff, right? Like, you do. And so, so you. It's clear from what you're describing now. We've gone through both sides, right? We've gone through the buzz that you get at the beginning when it's all fun and games and someone goes, I've got yeah, yeah. drugs, do you want to do something? And you go, oh, okay, and it's a great idea. What happens between like this part where it's all fun and games and then what? how does getting to the hotel at 7 a.m. become a thing or like 8 a.m. to do a shift? And like, where does the change happen? If you, <laughs> what What goes on there, do you think? The change in terms of like... When does it become you're doing the, this thing now to... Because arguably some people hits. some people can to, can dip in and out of this, right? Yeah. They, they just can. They can go mm. at 11, 11 p.m. is enough for them yeah. and they go home. What do you think is happening here? Where, where's the tipping point of I've gone too far, I can't go back from this? I think as soon as you've left the pub and you go to that after party and you know exactly what you're in for, you know what's going to happen for the rest of the night. But because you're in such a state of euphoria, you are like ready to fight that beast and you go, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. You know, you'll get through it. Oh, smash words. Well, it'll be a laugh, you know, be okay. I mean, that was just one of my stories, but I, yeah. there are so many more. Uh, and, and I know, and I know those are the stories. Yeah. Uh, what I'm really interested in is this, is this tension part, right? This mm. in the brain where... The a part of you's taken over, right? Yeah. It's almost like it's it's possessed you, the the party devil, let's call him, mm. and the party devil who had great intentions at, at seven pm mm. has now become to override your logical brain, and it's now saying it will be fine, it will be a laugh, don't worry, carry on going, and and your this does this mindset 
take you all the way because it doesn't it doesn't take you all the way no. into work when does it go from it'll be a laugh don't worry and then end up being holy shit I can't believe I've done this uh, I think it's I think it's naturally physically when your body I would say sobers up but starts to sober up you've got no drugs left your mates have kind of left you realise you've got to go back into the real world now right that's the point especially when the birds are tweeting and the sun's out <laughs> God. And you're walking past people. Where are my sunglasses? Fuck, I didn't pack them in the bag. You've said something really... The, the, the most powerful thing mm. I think you said, you just said there. Yeah. The shame comes when you've got to go back into the real world. Mm. Which, for me, gives a bit like some kind of a clue. Now, I know you're talking yeah, about yeah, going sure. back into the real world, mm. feeling like mm. shit, mm. right? Mm. But you're still talking about going back into the yeah. real world. I know what you're touching on here. You're sort of touching on... Uh, and, and something I actually... Um, I actually was discussing um, with my partner about why addiction's there. And I'd like to ask you at some point, where does it stem from and why do we have this kind of addiction? She she was discussing with me that it's um, we sort of have this part of us that we feel sort of not so included in the tribe, so to speak, or, or our friend groups or, or whatever situation we're put in. Mm. So we feel this need to fill a void. So w what you're trying to say sort of sounds like, you know, this real... I'm not prepared to be in the real world, therefore I fill the void by taking these drugs. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly uh, and, yeah. and, but, but I'm not a really... Or I, have a, I have a lovely family, you know, I have everything at my feet. I'm not mentally or, or clinically depressed about anything, but it's just, I guess, subconsciously at times, there are parts where I do need to fill that void, so therefore I choose to do the drug. Whereas it doesn't mean because I've done the drug I'm an addict. It's like... You know, that's the part is almost in, installed in me already. Um, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, the, the thing I would say about addiction is what do yeah. we mean? When, when we talk about addiction, what do we mean? Mm. What we tend to do is make it really binary because that's really nice yes. and it protects us from yeah. it. Then. So we can yeah. go addiction as if I do it every single day. Well, mm. I don't do it every day, so I'm not an addict, right? Yeah. Society does that with alcohol yeah. primarily, yeah. Because nobody wants to look at their relationship with alcohol. So let's just say, well, I'm not an alcoholic because I still got a job or I'm still paying the bills or whatever. Mm. Um, I take the addiction definition, which is Gabor Mate, who I think is the best bloke to talk about addiction. He says anything that we do for temporary relief that has an adverse effect in the long run, but that works so well that we continue to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. And I think when you look at that as a definition, mm. Then you realize that there's so much any substance or behavior could sit on that. Can I hear that again? Sorry. Anything that you do for temporary relief mm -hmm. that has an adverse effect in the long run, but that but that you continue to do anyway. Okay. Right? Mm. Now, um, when you talk about the, you mentioned like it, the need for connection or it giving mm. you connection. Yes. Everything that you've talked about that it can give you, you can have as a human being anyway. Yeah. So the question is what is it about the world or the way that you interact? And I'm not asking just you. I'm yeah. Generally, the same question will be true for you, Ollie, mm. and the same for me now. I just use different things. But what is it about the world and the way that I interact with it that makes it so uncomfortable that I feel like I need alcohol just to take the edge off when I'm mm. out and about with my friends, for example? Mm. Mm. So you're going for pizza and all that tomorrow, sat around the table, right? What does? Let's start with the first couple of drinks. What do they give you? Oh, there, there's a there's a reduction in uh, it, it's calming. Calms you know, the that, nerves. Everyone's very takes the edge off. Calms the nerves and takes the edge yeah. off. So let's start straight away there. Yeah. What is it about the world and the way that you interact with it that makes you 
need calming down? Why are you uptight? What could, do you need the could be a busy busy day stresses in the back of your mind you know <laughs> relating to you know love work you know just health whatever I'd, I'd, it could be anything I think it's also this this particular Friday and, and the, yeah this particular moment that we're all going into mm. which is oh my god freedom at last mm. freedom to me right now is having the ability to go and do this and sit yes. in the pub because that's what normality was mm. but part of me is going oh we deserve it we deserve not to have a no holds, no bars, whatever it's called, um, uh, moment where we can just hedonistically fly into. So, mayhem. do you think I won't get that if I came tomorrow? Mm. Just, just and ask sure. me honestly as well. Do yeah. you think we have I, got a space at the table if you want to come? If <laughs> I came, would it be less enjoyable for me? I would say there would be. It would reach a point, probably about four p.m. We'd start at two. I reckon it'll get to about 4.30 or 5 where one of our dear friends, Quinn, won't make any sense to you. And he'll just be blah, 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 blah. And it'll yeah. be fine. You'll be the out, be... outsider looking on in. And, and I've yeah. been that person before. I had a month clean without alcohol a couple of years ago. It was amazing. But I was watching people in the pub drunk and it becomes boring. Mm. It's like, oh, God. And you, you sort of do have a laugh, but it's not the same. You're not on the same page. Yeah. Not on the same page, but the level of euphoria. Yes, could I go and reach that with six other people that were sober? Uh, if I went out with six other people that weren't drinking and using drugs to a pizza place, six of my friends that didn't drink, mm. is your opinion? And again, it's a genuine question. Yeah. Because I'm and I'm just throwing it out there. Would your opinion be that we would have less of a good time? I think I think it depends on what you're doing, but also at the same time, it's. Like, it's difficult. It's how you are as people as well. I don't know if you what if you mesh well if you mesh well what, together. So if it's six of my friends, same as your friends, yes. so we could. Yeah, I think you could, but in do, a do you completely different state. I think you could. I think you'd have to find what the thing is that you all enjoy doing. And I think, for example, if it was me, you, Hass, like our mutual friends and other people that we know. I think a good like a chat like this would get me feeling as euphoric as being pissed at my mates yeah. in a restaurant. Mm. This this I get a buzz from. Um, so if we were doing that, you know, sitting down having a chat without any alcohol, yeah, I think we probably could. It'd be a different yeah. kind of euphoria though, yeah. and less mindless. Mm. Right. So what is it that what is it about the drink and the drugs that's made you book a pizza and drink? Than pizza and a night with Josh and Hass. Sorry, mate. Yeah, of course. And I'm asking questions I don't know the answer to. No, no, no. I, good. To go it's to... a good question. And by the way, the I had to say for the, the drugs thing as well. For me, I it's always a on a night out. It would be an accident that that will happen situationally rather than I would plan. Oh my god, everyone, let's get loads of drugs and go have yeah. pizza. It doesn't feel right. Booze, on the other hand, which is my thing, uh, I would say, like, I will craft this evening to make yeah. sure that there will be alcohol available at any given place. Give me the pint. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the bit that I'm kind of, uh, for me, probably the least happy to detach from. Mm. Um, whereas if you ask me, is it essential to, that we have drugs there? No, not at all. I'd prefer if they weren't. Yeah. But it, but, but it will happen. I'm sure somebody at some point, and then my issue will be at 10 p.m., 
yeah. I'll mm. be the the first, the first or second to go. All right, then I'll, I'll join in. With with the talk about having you know a, a fulfilled conversation without the alcohol, though, when you have the alcohol with these fulfilled conversations, provided you're not absolutely battered, mm. you can have amazing conversations it, it, it accentuates that conversation with the alcohol with the drugs it does too but it also is a negative i think because you chat rubbish yeah complete rubbish you end up making up lies you're like <laughs> the next day yeah, why did I, I say that this is where what I, is that this about is where honestly I would, where i would challenge it a little bit yes because i don't think the conversations on alcohol are any less stupid than they are on right coke. so it's just because it's legal do you think? I, I do think that, yeah. 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 Like, and, and this isn't me going, oh, I was just shit like Coke. It's, uh, what I would actually say is Coke's really not... If you <laughs> really? don't think alcohol's that bad, then Coke's not really that bad, other yeah. than the fact that you can keep doing it, right? Yeah, Which is one it's thing highly addictive and everyone's don't... doing it now. Everyone. It's not as addictive as alcohol. No, I think we had this discussion last time. We said that the issue is with a drug like cocaine is that it takes you into the, the shame hours. Mm. Whereas yeah. booze, you get knocked out at 11 p.m. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's exactly it. And you'll pass out. Yeah. And it's destigmatized because yeah. everyone has an embarrassing mm, drunk conversation mm. where nothing really got sold, but you thought you put the world to right. Yeah. It's yeah. quite culturally accepted in the UK. But if yeah. it's good conversation, right, the, the reason that we do it, because then why mm. don't you do loads of ecstasy? Because the conversation you have on that stuff is incredible. <laughs> we know. You, Let's you, end the you, podcast you, there then, yeah. guys. <laughs> no, but, 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 the, but, but it's the same with trips, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Like the conversation, yeah. you won't match conversation on trips with any alcohol or anything no. like that. Like I'm being a little bit playful in the way that I'm talking sure. about it, mm, but yeah. it's kind of because we have this thing where we've got like alcohol and then we've got drugs. Right. And it's like, it's all right if I get battered and act an absolute goat on alcohol. Yeah. Mm. But if he was doing coke, then there's a perception. And it's like, well, it's because he went and did drugs. But like, alcohol is a worse drug mm. than cocaine. Yeah. In terms of alcohol, you, can get, you, you can't get addicted to cocaine where if you stop it, it'll kill you. Mm. Mm. Alcohol, you get so addicted to it, that will yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Alcohol the, would be banned if it was if it came about now. Mm, yeah. So also the gateway opens up these doors to do the drugs massively. I would never go right. Yeah, I'm just sober. I'm on the pints of water. Let's get a gram in. Come on. <laughs> no, never. I've never done that ever, ever, ever. But then it's. I could say the same thing about alcohol in my life now. What do you mean? I've never sat there sober as hell in the last yeah. five or six years from coming off alcohol and thought this is amazing. I'll have a nice beer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, no. You don't really not, like beer. You're more of a whiskey guy. I've been like, I'll have a Jack Daniels straight that No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I, like, I can get a little bit, uh, what's the word, where you like uh, think about the past and uh, nostalgic. Right? Yeah, yeah. About Great alcohol. word. My favourite word. But um, I would never, I, yeah, I would never think this night would get better, better. if I had alcohol. Right. Now. This is the thing, because again, you look at cigarette and like there are so many things that are bolted onto moments and stuff and how you look at addiction. I've done, I guess, addiction thing with Alan Carr. I went to, I did it, I've done it three times. Mm. Right? I've done the Alan Carr Easy Way. Uh, we had a, we had the CEO of Alan Carr Easy Way on here, John Dyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely guy. Listen to it while I was mowing the lawn oh, the other really? week. It was great. He's a, yeah, really I was going to say listen to it while you were smoking. <laughs> while I was having a drink and a fag. Yeah. Only mowing the lawn. But the way that they speak about cigarettes is, and I think cigarettes is easy because there is literally no benefit to smoking and that's what you discover on this course. Like, it doesn't, it's now socially taboo to do it. Like, whereas if you say, I don't drink, it's still socially 
weird or you know some people see it as oh if someone doesn't drink they're like oh god what happened yeah whereas smoking it's like oh thank you you're normal that makes sense to not smoke yeah and i think that's the issue you're saying around like stigma smoking is they they say that it it uh it hijacks a lot of your um good times so you're sitting outside and you're going oh i'm in the sun what what a brilliant time to have a cigarette oh i can't do that anymore i'm not allowed to Whereas the whole, I can sit in the sun and a non-smoker can sit in the sun and really enjoy that sunshine just as much, if not more, than the smoker. Yeah. But for some reason, the smoker in their head has this uh, fallacy or like uh, distortion of reality, which is fags make this situation better. Because they've got themselves into a deficit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where they need nicotine Mm. in order to feel... You know, as soon as they the nicotine goes in their body, they come back to the same level as, as me and you. Yeah, exactly. exactly about it. Yeah. So the sim the same thing is, and we just find it really hard to get our heads around. The same thing is true of alcohol. If alcohol was taken off of you tomorrow and you could not do it, you would find a way to still be able to enjoy being with your friends and being a bit crazy. Yeah. I've had to do it over the yeah. last few years. If I go to a uh, like a social event now, I'm still straight on the dance floor. And I'm relaxed and I let my hair down and do all of that. But I've had to do a lot of work around it and understand why do I feel so awkward? Yeah. Why do I need something outside of my body to feel, to Mm. take the edge off? Where does that come from? Because if you know that where you're going to end up is going to bring you shame and it's going to bring all of that kind of stuff. And it's, and I think last recording, Ollie, you mm. talked about it not being worth it, right? Mm. If it's got to the stage of it not being worth it, then what is so, what is going on in our lives that make us feel that we still, it's still, we still have to do it? Do you know what I mean? It's a really good question. I, I I'm going to let Jack answer yeah. this one. Um, Can you ask the question? Why again? do we feel? I was actually going to ask a similar question around it but why what was it why do we feel the need to still do it in our lives after knowing that it's not good knowing that it's not good for you yeah and i was literally going to ask you this question but now you're asking ollie <laughs> and now it's me so <laughs> it's perfect why do we still i ask myself this question all the time and it had, does hound my brain and it, it's quite sad really because like like i sort of reiterated on earlier it's not a major problem right now in my life but it's still happens here and there and i'm happy to just admit that but i would say i would say because it's highly addictive and that routine of like going to the pub and having the beer is fine but on occasion you're in a average environment and you feel that without it it's the night's just going to be a little bit tame. What's uh, and so- I, I'm a very overexcited person. I love to, you know, express and be around people and, and and talk and just having like three, four pints and a bit sort of like piss, but like not much is going on. And then I see others around me doing that. I'm like, I want to be on their level, and I think that's why it still happens. So to connect with them, yeah. So yeah. to find connection, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, look, the one thing that I would say is. I'm not like I'm clearly not anti-drinking drugs because I sat here saying sure. you should do trips. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Yeah. But um, I, look, I don't think there's anything wrong if you go over there. If if you're comfortable with going and, and knowing that it's it's pretty good most of the time, and every now and then you go over the top and it and it's not very nice. I, I like I don't think there's a problem there, right? I don't think there's. A problem I just there. don't think it needs to be there full stop because you can find other ways of enjoyment in life. 
well, like, if that's without the case, it there, it's not good for your health, everything. It's, if that's the yeah, case, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mo- a lot of things that we do that we enjoy are not good <clears> for our health, right? So I don't think we, uh, I don't think we should shoot to live completely pristine lives. Yeah. But if we are at this stage where we think I don't like doing this, but yeah. I still keep doing it, then we have to start looking at the benefit of why we do it and why we still do it. Right. The true benefit. And, yeah, and you're both, yeah, the true benefit. You So in that, when you just answered that question there, Jack, you said, when it's a bit of an average night. Yeah. So I would say, well, well what does an average night mean? When it's a bit yeah. boring and I feel like, you said I'm an outgoing person, I'm yeah. chatty, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. da da da. So you're, what, you're, what I'm getting from that is there's some nights where you feel like you can't be yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in those moments. I think moments, a lot of us sometimes, yeah. yeah Depends and, on the scenario, yeah. And it's true for all of us. Yeah, yeah. In those moments, that's where I do the work. And yeah, I say, yeah. what is it about that moment that makes mm. me not be myself? Mm. I always use a much simpler example. If I do a full tub of ice cream and I watch Netflix, mm. it's not because I forgot about calories or I didn't know there was loads of calories yeah. in it. It's because in that evening, for whatever reason... I wasn't comfortable enough in myself just watching Netflix. Yeah. So let me do a whole tub of ice cream so exactly. I don't have to feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. So the same is true. Yeah. Uh, when it comes when it comes to alcohol, mm. and if we really, if you but you know, if you were at a stage where you said I want to stop, mm. then you'd have to look at you'd have to start looking at why do I start picking it up? Yeah. Why, Ollie, do you feel like you can't be who you're supposed to be without drink? The happy go lucky outgoing the bloke that i see when i see you and i don't think i've seen you drunk Mm. right so what is it about yourself or your view of yourself that makes you think in this moment i'm not comfortable enough to just be so i'm let me do something to alter that state it's a great time by the way if you haven't seen ollie really drunk well this is (laughs) the thing it really is a lot of people listening will know this that's the thing my favorite I like, I have this thing that I can only call going on an adventure mode, right? Where I love the the duality of the calm becoming mayhem. Yeah. I, and I like, I, I love watching a night and being involved in an evening where it all starts off so civilised and wonderful yeah. and then it ends up being like fucking me naked being spun yeah. around on a, on a kitchen surface. Yeah, it's, it literally is that. It's Project X time. That Those nights, I think, are, I don't want to stop those in a weird way because that's kind of wrapped up in my identity and actually I don't wake up with shame the next day when it's been that mental and it was a well-crafted day and we've all come together. And yeah. I, lo- I love those evenings. They kind of make up my life in a way because mm. it is... There's a duality there. I yeah. like the fact that I can, I can do that, and I can, I can. I don't need to do that the whole time. I'm not like this weird fucking Bam Majera going around, you know, <laughs> or like that's in, what in I the, was basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. jackass. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were just jackass of Swindon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still am. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have an, a huge problem with that. Where I have a problem, um, which I would say is like. In, is 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 exactly what Jack's talking about, and it's filling a void that didn't really need to be there, and and it's it's boredom. It's like making a shit night. There's already a shit night, even shitter. Yeah, the, those are the days we wake up in the morning and you go, why did I drink until five in the morning or do drugs until five in the morning for a night with people that I don't like? 
uh, will I necessarily want to spend much time with, having conversations that didn't make any sense to anybody, having deep conversations about, you know, dying hamsters or whatever, and then going, uh, and then ha upsetting people that you love because you can't spend the time with them the next day because you're fucked and you haven't had any, any sleep. And then that knocks on to having your gym routine and the rest of your life that you're so proud of gets affected by exactly. what really was a shit night. Mm. Those are the evenings that I think need to be eradicated. But And I think the benefit bit, the bit you just mentioned then, looking into the moment of like, why did that happen, is exactly right. It's because you, you're trying to improve yourself in a what really appears to be quite a dull situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the bit to explore, right? And the answer, the answer to that bit's not easy. But what... But we, if you really want to do work around it and you really want to create that kind of meaningful change in your life, it's not necessarily about going abstinent, right? I always say you should look at your relationship with any kind of behavior or drug that's be, that you feel like you've creeped up on the addiction scale with, right? And if you look at like a loving relationship, when you, if, you know, if you came to me and said, I'm having some struggles with my girlfriend... I wouldn't just go, well, you just got to give it, you've got to leave it then. Yeah. Right? Don't ever go back there no more whatsoever. Yeah. I would go, well, what's the issue? And if you said, well, you know, sometimes this is happening, you explore it and you'd make adjustments because the relationship means something to you. Mm. Right? So we can do that with our addictive behaviors, right? Not if it's become too toxic. If it's got to the point, if my relationship's got to the point where it's really toxic, I might say it's probably best to leave and finish this relationship. But if it's not, and there's still benefits there, mm. then I need to start to I need to start to address it and start to look at it, and not pretend or fool myself that those nights just you just fall into them and they happen completely accidentally because they don't, mm. and mm. that is part of the denial of addiction, right? Interesting. When I was a full blown like addict. I would tell my kids on a Friday morning, I'm coming home after work and we're going out. We're yeah. going to go away for the weekend. And I would leave work still. I'm I'm not going to do it. It's fine. I'm going to be, this is going to yeah. be a good night. And then on the way home, I think I'll pop in the pub and tell everyone what I'm doing with my kids this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then boom, I'm drunk and I don't go home. Now, I that that the denial of it, right, in the way that I frame that, I frame that with like the way that my addiction brain would work. I knew I was going into the pub. I didn't need to go into the pub. But when I look back at my life in those moments, I was unable to look at what I was in so much pain from. Yeah. And I, I knew there was a part of me in there that knew I couldn't go and do the weekend with the kids because it was too much pain. Yeah. So let me go and do the drink and the drugs. So when we tell ourselves that or create this persona, and this, I'm not like digging you out because this is what we do as a society, mm. especially with alcohol. It's just like, oh, it's just when it just kind of happened, we just fell into it. Mm. It, does, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't. And if you start digging deep enough, then you will be able to make the conscious decisions. This ain't worth me going out. To, tomorrow night, go out, pizza, Coke, whatever happens, it's big. It's a big planned night, right? We're gonna get messy. It's there. Everyone knows. You've probably booked. I'm assuming Saturday's pretty clear because you know it's a big one, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be going out with my girlfriend and her and her thing, but that's a new plan, and they know I'm gonna be hungover. Yeah. So, but but it's there. But it's and not you, a cocaine evening. No, that it's a, not. No. no but and, and I, I'm no. joking with the coke. But you go out. You're gonna have a messy night, right? You, yeah. you, you're happy if that's gonna happen. 
The mm. difference is if on a on a Friday when you finish at two and you think I really want to get some stuff done and I'm going out with my missus tomorrow, mm. then it might be you know what, I'm not going to even go to the pub tonight, and that might feel a bit shit, right? Because fear of I'm missing a, out, you I'm wanna, a little bit yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, there's all this. The, that fear of missing out stuff, I believe, is part of myself yeah. coming to life to try and protect myself. Yeah. So it's not the fear of missing out that's happening. The fear of missing out starts. Because the part of myself is going, let's get him out because there's too much pain where I'm at. Yeah. So you go home and you do the self-work. Mm. And you go, I'm going to go home and I'm going to find a way to be at home with myself and I'm going to do it mindfully and I'm going to start to learn about it. I've got that night coming up next week. I'll do that. Yeah. If that becomes impossible, then you've got to start addressing the relationship again and start yeah. saying to myself, How, is this becoming too toxic? Yeah. yeah. Because I did not want to go out last night and here I am mm. ruining my relationship. Yeah. And that's when it's a problem. Yeah, yeah it is, is a, a problem. problem. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, I like that you've said that because I've definitely been at ends of this scale. I'm feeling, you know, these days I'm less. And I think it's because I'm in a relationship. You know, it yeah. does happen. You have a lot of the 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 noises are quietened. You know, yeah. you have a lot of your needs, you know, met because someone is showing you they love you, they're telling yeah. you're good enough. And, you feel attractive and you want and you you feel accountable to them as well mm. so then you don't go out and do stupid things mm. but when i i've been at that other end and, I, and actually you know coming on to the second part of this conversation who do you want to be when we come out of lockdown yeah. i'm not fearful of turning back into being who i was circa three years ago probably when we were when we started this podcast um where it was all about fucking trying to maintain a, a healthy lifestyle when i've have all these you know p- potential Things like going out and getting pissed and getting minorly drunk—that was a problem then. Because, yeah, I would say I don't want to be drunk on a, on a I don't want to be hungover on a Saturday, and wipe the day out, and mm. I would be in the shame hole for you know forty-eight hours. That's not a good way to spend your life. No, no it's problem, not. right? Yeah. Solution is do what you said. You know, and I did do the work. The work then was like test myself in the most tempting situations and not go out. Yeah. and actually force myself to not go out to a night and do a bit of meditation yeah. and have a bath. And, it, and, and just very quickly, it's very interesting that you said that you, you know, you've got a missus now, right? So that you kind of have, you said you have some of your needs met. Yeah. So yeah. somewhere within you, you know that when you go and drink and do all that stuff, right, you're looking to have some, some certain needs met. 100%. Yeah, of course. People so, do, but there's so many needs that you can have met yeah. when you drink, right? You can, so many. You can meet someone new, firstly, because they're having, they're, they're less inhibitions and they're more confident and they're more happy like to have a conversation with you. That might end up in mindless sex or it could be a relationship. So that's potential love I could be getting if I got yeah. drunk. The second is bonding with friends and you yeah. have this like, you've not seen your friends all week, la 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 la. Wow, you feel you feel loved, you feel needed, you feel... Chance kind of, for expression. All that jazz. Yeah. So there are like it fills a big void and it does and I think there's no denying that that you know for, for somebody particularly that's been single in lockdown for a year and a half you know trying the walking dates and going fuck this I can't be well I'm not doing this I'm, the minute I can I want to be in a pub garden I want to be out of my face I I think we're going to see a huge yeah, yeah. pandemic, which is going to be a booze pandemic. And know. a shag fest. Um, please, yeah, shag. It will be. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah. There'll be ambulances <laughs> lining up. <laughs> It'll be Sun Dong's ambulance Help turning me. up. Yeah. We'll be on lockdown next year because all yeah. the midwives are just giving birth <laughs> yeah, to babies and the NHS yeah, is just overwhelmed. <laughs> fucking hell, first thing coronavirus, next thing we've got babies everywhere, yeah. like mutant babies <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Called like Tinder or Hinge because yeah, no one Hinge. can find where they came from. What's your kid called? Oh, yeah. this is lovely Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> Haley really under, underscore 88. Yeah. <laughs> 
after her mother. <laughs> uh, never met her since. No, so uh, there is, I think, like, I can speak from a, a privileged place right now and a lucky place, which is I've been through this journey. I've, I've kind of, I know what happens. I can see the tent. And this is why we're sitting in a room, you know, a day before it's all going to happen because there's foresight in knowing what's to, what to, you know, to what to expect and what's coming around the corner. What I really want to get from this conversation is like, if maybe you're not as aware of this, you know, uh, what's the word? You're not as aware of yourself and the kind of voids that you have. How can one explore, A, going out and enjoying all the wonderful things that are out there, and B, how do they know when it's getting a bit too much and, how do they, and what are they looking out for? Well, it's the way that you feel in the morning, right? Yeah. And, and how long that feeling lasts, mm. that shame that you talk about, that stuff like that. And again, it's different for everybody because there's a component with you, Ollie, that's like you're just really hard on yourself as well. So sometimes you just like, I think you're a bit hard on yourself about what is a, a bit of a bang long hangover, right? Right. So you get that, but then you also get that part of yourself that jumps on you and says you're a useless waste of space. Yeah. Look what you've done, right? Mm. So it's it's a bit more sort of complex than just saying what you're looking for. I think the truth is, you know, everyone yeah. knows. Everyone knows when I'm not very happy with the my relationship with alcohol. But denial is a very strong thing. Mm. I always talk about when um, I got married in Jamaica with my wife, all her like family there. So there's like eight or nine of us. And it was like all-inclusive hotel, right? And I'm the yeah. only one who don't drink. So everyone's getting yeah. drunk every night, drinking all day. Yeah. And the first night that we were there, they come down and my father-in-law was rough. And he said, uh, I had a lot of that cottage pie in uh, All You Can Eat. He said, I knew it was dodgy. I feel awful today. <laughs> right? And I've listened, I've listened to it and I thought, <laughs> all right. And every all nine people that are, that are drinking as well have all gone, yeah, yeah, I bet it is that. And I thought, all right. Then the yeah. next day, my brother-in-law's come down, and he's saying the same thing, but blaming it on the fruit juice that he was having in his vodka. Right, okay. And they're all agreeing with him, yeah, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got to be that, right? Yeah. And I said the to them, oh, it's nothing to do with the, the, the alcohol you're chucking down your neck. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how easy it becomes for us mm. to kind of deny... Blame the, other things. The, yeah, yeah, and blame... And other yeah, blame as well. And, and all do it together, collectively yeah, yeah, do it, because yeah. we're all at it. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just watch that, and, yeah. and I joke with my father, in law now you know when i if he's had a bit of a night i'll say the next day cottage pie last night was <laughs> right but, but the, like the, the, the way that we're able to do that and deceive ourselves yeah. with it you know yeah i've it's the same's true with food i know a personal trainer that says they don't do it anymore i said why'd you stop and they said because everyone's just a liar yeah, yeah. well and, personal training isn't personal training anymore yeah because he was doing the nutrition stuff and he's saying do this do this and, and this yeah. will happen and they're turning up and it ain't happening. And he's, they're saying, I'm yeah. doing it to the yeah, kid. Yeah. I've not gone out of the food that you've yeah. told me to eat. And he knows you are. Rubbish, yeah. Because yeah. you put bang loads of weight yeah. on. But it's not that that person's lying. They're in denial. And when yeah. we get in this addiction state, we're very good exactly. at hiding the truth from ourselves. Yeah. So the minute you're sort of hiding your... Yeah, that's... That was the thing I was going to sort of lightly touch on as well, is the food. Because obviously, Ian, to speak for Ian, Ian would be sitting here being like, my biggest thing that I've, I do is, is eat, right? That's his... Yeah. How, like, again, how are you saying that you know when it's gone too far because of the shame that you feel for the length of time after it, like indulging in food? Well, like I'm saying, that the denial's there as well. I mean, if you want signals, when people start telling you that you're lying about stuff or you're going to do it in secret... 
Mm, that's yeah. a good sign, isn't it? When you're yeah. yeah, yeah. I've done it with sugar. I go to the shop and I end up buying a massive chocolate bar and eating it really quickly in the car on the way. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, chucking yeah. rubbish in the bin. Hide so it. my missus don't yeah. know about it. <laughs> what are you worried about her saying? A chocolate nothing, bar. Man, nothing. But I'm starting to feel yeah. shameful about the ways in which I'm using food. Right. Interesting. Okay. So I'm I know what it. you mean on this because I I've had scenarios where I've sort of we've had a meal and we we've had a dessert and everything, but. I've sort of come downstairs because I haven't quite filled that void with a little bit more chocolate, yeah. a cookie, whatever. And I weirdly like my partner and 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 the scenario. I'd be in the kitchen. I sort of hide the fact that I'm going in the cupboard to get more because it's like, yeah, that's a bit greedy of me. Don't yeah. really need this, but you don't need to know. I'm getting a cookie, <laughs> and then she'll come in and say, "What are you doing in that?" Uh, and I'm fucked. Yeah. So, you know, well, she you knows. And then I say, yeah, I'm having a cookie. But it's like, why did I need to sort of yeah. have that hiding moment? What What was the need in that? I don't, I, it's I don't the know. shame that comes it is. with it's silly shame. when we know that we're being driven by something. Yeah. It's the same as like, if you see, if you like, and I'm not being horrible here, but massively overweight people that mm. really, that have clearly got a problem with eating, yeah. right? In the way that I've had with drinking drugs or whatever. You don't, you rarely see them eating. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, you never do. And they'll often say things like, oh, no, I don't eat stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and always. That. And, you, and you look and you think, and you how? can be a bit like, how have you got yourself so yeah. big if you don't eat it? And it, they're in denial and they're full of shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they're desperately trying to hide yeah. what's go like what they're doing. And yeah. the same's true of any addiction. But yeah. we we only, this is why I always go on to this illegal drugs thing, because we only really associate addiction with like illegal drugs. We don't associate, like you said, you started off, let's bring it back to that right at the beginning by saying, uh, right, I've got myself in a really, really good place. I got this watch on. You go like that with a watch. You yeah. go, I've not missed one step. I've not dropped one da da da. Yeah. And you go, hang on a minute, like, have you got yourself obsessed with the watch and everything? Yeah, one hundred exactly. And 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 so, how is that any different? Yeah, how is that any different? It's not harmful, I think. And it's it's, it's not harmful to you at the moment, right? But if you started to have, let's say, uh, I don't know, if you had uh, children, if I and I got obsessed with my watch in a way that you have, right? Yeah, and I do. I get obsessed with my training, right? Yeah. If I wake up in the morning and my wife and my wife says I've been up all night with the little one yeah. she's poorly and I'm poorly and I go oh that's awful let me go do my run yeah then when I get back I'll take them off you yeah, yeah. and it's a problem yeah yeah it, and it becomes a problem the, the only differences with substances like drink and drugs is that when you do them they send you erratic like mm, they send erratic, you erratic yeah. but the same you know there's there's you know there's CEOs out there who with failed marriages because they're so addicted to their work mm. and they're only ever celebrated as being a success yeah. and they've lost everything yeah in the same as way the same way and the man on the street addicted to heroin yeah is suffering from the same thing as the CEO yeah, who's yeah. got no family and no one close to mm. him because they're obsessed with mm. their work same thing what a way to look at it it's a really good way to look at it, actually because you do think wow because it reminds you of Mr. Burns, right? Yeah. Uh, who's it? Someone sings, like, does your money hug you? No, that was uh, Pink singing about Mr. President. Like, does something hug you at night or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. sorry, I was a okay. But, like, these people are addicted to the identity that is created by money, by fitness, yeah. by power, whatever it yeah. is. But it, it, it comes back to what you were saying of, of meeting the need. You, you take two person, two people, right? One's a heroin addict, 40 years old, addicted to heroin. He's been through two marriages they've both failed because he kept coming back to the heroin right you, right and then you've got another guy who's a ceo of a massive business empire he's been through two families 
He's had two marriages, loved both of the women, but they've both fallen apart because of his work. You say to the CEO, what happened? Like, tell me your life story. And he says, when I was younger, like I had a really, really difficult upbringing. Mm. And I got into this business and I wanted to make something of myself. I wanted to be somebody mm. and I wanted to get away from the pain of my childhood. And I've created this business. It's cost me two marriages, but at least I've got my business. And then you ask the heroin addict, what's wrong with you at your life at 40? And he says, I've been desperately trying to get away from the pain of my childhood, desperately trying to be somebody. And I've used heroin to do it. It's cost yeah. me two marriages, but at least I've got away from the pain. Mm. And yeah. you go, well, they're two exactly. One stigmatized. Yeah. You saw the heroin addict, you'd say, why didn't you just stop at the first marriage? The CEO, you go, you've done well for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it, what, I know, and that's, that's the really, way people view things now. And they both feel complete, exactly yeah. the same, these two yeah, people. Yeah. They both, they both, if they but stop... Apart from one of them can get even higher, you'd argue, on the heroin. That's going to get you out of there, whereas the CEO sitting in a meeting in his flow, like, well, I'm a powerful man. Yeah, yeah. Not as, he's not going to be as high as the heroin person. Maybe the, the low might be a little bit lower. And also, he's going to exist in a society where everyone says, you've got everything you want, what, yeah. how could you possibly yeah, yeah, be Yeah, exactly. Upset? God, it makes so much sense when you see these CEOs fly. Like, people like that you see on the internet, they look, there's anger, there's pain, there's, like, so much in their eyes. Hey, I've got a question for you. What do you say when someone goes, oh, you know what I'm like, I've got an addictive personality? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm like. Yeah, this is I'm such like. a big one. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't believe it exists. I no. believe an addictive person, I, or, or, I, it does exist, but I believe it's a reaction to something. So I don't think yeah. it's something that you're born with. Yeah. An addictive personality is a reaction because to a difficulty being present. Yeah. So you're saying it's an external, all of this, right? And we're going to do a little bit of stoicism here. Okay. All of this is a, is a you know reaction to external stimulus. I'm going to, there was a thing that I got from. I know I always do this, and I'll try, I'll try and do this quickly. But I, I you know, I got my twenty twenty learnings, my notes. I, yeah. I started taking that weirdly because twenty twenty was the worst year in history. Yeah, I started taking notes at the beginning of twenty twenty. So everything I see, you probably have loads of these, but I write down a little quote. Um, and here it is. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, the first one I've written down here is that the grass is the grass will always look green on the other side until you begin to water the side you're on. I love that. Lovely. Oh, no. Nice. It's really like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. The secret of happiness, you see. I love a comma, you see. Comma. You should do this with your quotes. The secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. Right. <laughs> I thought the first one was better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point of this is right. No, you I get it. Right, okay, yeah. you get I it. get it. I, I, like, I, I, and I totally get it. Right, I totally get it. Did and you write those? Sorry to. Are they yours or did you copy? I them? Find, sometimes you, I write them. Okay. Sometimes I copy them. Um, they were both copied. Sorry, Jeff. I read you. I, yeah, I thought. They were both yeah, copied. I read. I read you. I read the wrong one. Sorry. It uh, was actually if you're if you are pained by external things, it is not that they disturb you, but your own judgment of them. And it is in your power to wipe out that judgment now. This is what I mean, right? So yeah. external pain is is it's not it's your perception of the pain, it's your perception of the of the stimulus that you need to be aware of and untangle. What we do is we reach for alcohol, we reach for drugs, you reach for food, you reach for fucking power. Social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like so that's what I wanted to make that point of like actually is it addictive, addictive personality that you're born with, or is it an external force that's manipulated? My, my belief, my belief is that an addictive personality is a reaction to an uncomfortableness in being present. <clears throat> that is it. And I've then, never met a child with an addictive personality. You don't see a child like 
just not put the toy down. Like, no, I'm playing this toy now. I'm not going to put it down. Uh, that's not being addictive. They'll pick it up. They'll look at it. They'll be really, really curious about it. They'll yeah. love it. They'll think it's brilliant. And then if yeah. you took it off them and gave them another thing, they'll be happy with that. What about a child on think? Fortnite? When does addiction that's start? That's a whole different There's story. There's a question for yeah. you. When, does it, when do you start to see addiction is creeping into a child's life? Uh, whenever they've reached a point where they need to start escaping the ways that they feel. Yeah. It's like all of this, what we're talking about today. So, so a child that gets addicted to, like my son, for example, uh, I'm putting him out on a pedestal, like a pedestal is the wrong word, but he's 10. <laughs> you kick the pedestal, he's, he's yeah. 10, he's 10, and yeah. you, you could fully make a good case that he's fully addicted to his Xbox. Yeah. Highly sensitive young boy. Right. Struggles a lot with his emotions, had a difficult start in life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, now, if I didn't want to be that open, when you looked at him, all you would see is that his mum and dad have split up. Right. That happens to loads of people. Yeah. And other than that, he's lived a he's got a really nice life. What what's he got to want to escape? Sure. But I know how sensitive he is. I know how trapped in his emotions he gets. And I know the first three years of his brain development, which is the most important, yeah. the single most important, was not very good. So it's I, I believe that his addictive personality, the comfort and the safety that he finds on his Xbox, the escape. Yeah gets him away from his overactive nervous system. Wow. It's like child, childhood traumas kind of in a way, I think. All of us exactly have that. our own have our own story we, of it. Yeah, we all have yeah. that. Yeah. Can you can you be a mindful person that everyone respects by not going through trauma? Bear with me on this. But I find you way more interesting. I find you more interesting. I find people around me, in fact, all of my best mates have either lost a dad, dad moved to Thailand, hadn't they just like They've all had a trauma, and I find them more interesting. I guess that's probably because I've had a trauma in my childhood, maybe. But you, you, there, there's a, there, there will be a certain amount of the fact that you connect with them and bond with them over their, over your pain. Yeah, yeah. But 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 without without knowing that. Um, but to answer the question, yes, I I absolutely think that you can grow up in a loving and nurturing environment and be a deep, meaningful, yeah. connected person. I actually think that's the best route to do it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I think most of us are, to some degree, traumatised. And so yeah. we don't. We can't even fathom what that might feel like. And do you think some of it is... Did, well, because like your son has a polarity now because he's gone madly traumatic the first three years... And then crazy woke dad, like who's like yeah. knows everything about the brain and knows yeah. all the stuff about how he. So like, it will this live on forever? Will he have a confusing like? Uh, oh, he'll have some work. He'll have some work to do. I mean, he doesn't. What he does? He just sees his dad. By the way, he doesn't see this crazy yeah. woke man. He just yeah. sees his dad, right? Um, and you know the way that I play out in my family my trauma plays out in my relationship sure. so yeah. I'm not the, the laid back guy that I am now when I'm at home parenting that's just a reality right yeah. um, but to to go kind of deeper on it the society that we've created is shaming and traumatising yeah. right because when you get to the age of four we pack you off and send you to a building for eight hours a day yeah. where we tell you you've got to go and learn to become good yeah. enough to be part of this society they don't do that in a tribe. Mm -hmm. in, in, in the way that we used to live, you were born, and the tribe and the, the community that you were yeah. born into would show you your value. Yeah. Your value exists because you exist. It's 
not something external that you go out and chase and find, right? We don't send you off to this school to become good enough to then go into society. We show people their value. We let them be whoever they want to be in their full range of emotions. You know, know that you're loved when you're happy, sad, lonely, jealous, rageful, all of that. The tribal women carry the baby around with them for the first three, four years. They go everywhere with them, touching skin to skin. Our society's taken all of that away. And we now think that our responsibility as adults to children is to mould them into fitting into the society that we've created. So, of course, they abandon themselves and distort who they are. Fucking so, hell. So yeah, that's is, a lot. It, in its very self, it's shaming and traumatising. <laughs> well, I've had, you've had a Josh Conley moment. Then. Yeah, yeah. I thought like that Epic. was a really good story. I, we're, I'm just going, fuck. Weirdly, I've got SMA milk powder in my head. Like, right. Getting baby off yeah. the boob. And giving them like the powder, which you wouldn't get in a tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then by the way, doctors teach mums yeah. to put their kid down and don't don't spoil it when it cries. Yeah. Don't give it and attention. And they make the mum go against every fibre in their being to leave that kid to cry. And of course it works. Well, yeah. Because it teaches the kid don't bother crying because yeah. nobody's gonna come. But what message does the child get from that? When and we you know, we do that. And I'm not I'm not blaming like mums or dads, but we also live in a society now where we want to get everyone back to work as quickly yeah. as we can. Mm. And so then we have these kids that are from the age of like one or two years old are put into a room with 30 other kids and like one or two adults from like the age of two. Yeah. And then so instead of trying to attach to their parent, they start trying to attach to the kids around them. Oh my God, And then yeah. it's the blind leading the blind. Like, And that's like an oversimplified way of putting it no but, but this makes so much sense yeah because you do and then like, that's like what Jack's saying like imagine okay let's keep that room of 30 children and let's keep them all in the same room and they grow up and we put them in a pub together and like Jack is going around being like, I want to fit in with this group I want to fit in this group and this guy the, the ringleader he has like a load of cocaine and everyone's like focused around this ringleader doing all the cocaine okay he's not three anymore it's pretty normal yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and he's yeah. there and the, everybody the whole group of 30 will do it because that's what the group are doing and that's yeah. the way to survive otherwise if you're the kid that's like no I don't think we should be doing this get the fuck out fit yeah. in or fuck off yeah, yeah. connect yeah. find connection yeah. become part of this yeah. or go right yeah, and yeah. that comes back to the to the attachment stuff again right yeah and then because we're trying to fit young kids into what we want them to be and what we mold them into being, yeah. we don't help them comprehend their emotions. We tell sad kids to cheer up, be happy. Don't be sad, let me make you happy. Yeah. We tell angry kids, if you act like that, then you're not allowed in here. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so nobody ever gets to comprehend how to be in their sadness. Sure. So then when I get sad as an adult, nobody's ever helped me comprehend my sadness so i don't know how to be myself in my sadness so let me drink some alcohol and drugs yeah because i don't know how to be in this space mask. i don't know how to be in my anger all i know how to do is be happy positive and look for my values and move towards my purpose i don't know how to be in my full range of emotions and if we weren't supposed to have a full range they wouldn't have given us a full range whoever they are that's another deep you, conversation. Wow, wow. <laughs> Someone's there fucking we... wound Josh Donnelly up. I told you, put a penny in it, mate. <laughs> Woo! We'll keep going. Put a tenner, it's, it's here all night. Yeah. Uh, do, wow. you, do you think sort of touching on the upbringing of children and, you know, addictions nowadays and everything that happens with it? I mean, personally for me, because of, I would say sort of mental scarring with some respects to doing these drugs or having these addictive moments, I 
can't wait to have children one day, by yeah. the way. Just with me. Not sure. Right. Yeah, with you. Just <laughs> Tinder, Bumble, yeah. and all of those ones again. But do you think, for me personally, when I have children one day, I would like to not be on their case, but to be very, because I know what happens and, and the telltale signs of what, you know, people, if they're on it, how they are, you know, what their attitude is. I wouldn't necessarily be on their case, but I'd be very present and very kind of wanting to avoid any of my children going down that route not because I've completely fucked my life up but I know that if I hadn't touched any of these drugs ever mm. I probably would be a little bit further down the line you know it doesn't mean that I don't have time on my hands now but what I would definitely are you saying so that... so are you with your past uh, of doing this kind of thing would you say that you have been very present in that kind of or will be present in that kind of thing with your current children i try my best yeah to be, but i i'm not very good at being in my emotions like everybody yeah. else right and sure. um so the best work that i can do for my kids is to try and find ways to be present in my emotions otherwise i'm going to stop my kids being present in theirs yeah so when my son gets sad i'm not i don't know how to be with yeah. him in his sadness sure so i won't let him be sad yeah 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 it's a natural like defense mechanism, yeah. Well, yeah, it's the only thing I yeah, can yeah. do because I, yeah. nobody's ever helped me comprehend my sadness. Now that's changing because I'm I'm finding ways to help to comprehend my sadness, to comprehend my full range of emotions. You know, anger, sadness, jealousy, ragefulness, all of those things. I need to learn how to be in myself. Mm. We look at our language. We say I'm beside myself with anger. Beside myself, yeah, with anger. Because when I it get is, angry, yeah. I don't know how to be in yeah. myself. So you're I don't out know of yourself. who I become. Yeah. I, beca I go out of myself. Yeah. And so the best thing that we can do for children, if we have our own children, is to work on ourselves so we can be as present as we can. Because if we bring it back to the tribal stuff, if I'm not able to be present with my kids, there's a massive long queue of other emotionally available adults that will be. Yeah. We don't live in that society anymore. Yeah. So I need as much as I can to make sure that I'm present, that I've got a tight-knitted circle of people that can be emotionally present for my children. And that's what, if I do that and I get my children to recognize that their value exists because they exist, yeah. that, 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 that they are loved in their full range of emotions, that they can have me to absolutely depend on, that dependence will breed an, inter, uh, an independence in them that will hopefully make them grow up. And when they feel uncomfortable, they'll be able to go, I know what this is, is sadness. Mm, and I yeah. know how to comprehend this and I know how to be myself in my sadness. Yeah. And sadness is one of the hardest ones, particularly for men, you know. But we suppress everything. It happens with everything. It happens with sex is exactly the same, right? Nobody talks to child, like young teenage boys properly about sex, so they just objectify it, right? So they masturbate and don't tell anyone about yeah, it yeah. because it's all <laughs> this swept under the carpet. So then they objectify sex, and then so it yeah. just becomes like a, thing of object to them in their adult relationships and then on the flip side women tend to have to like it becomes their only way in the relationship of being close with the person that they're in the relationship with yeah so yeah. the way that we in it all for me comes back to the way that we interact with children young boys and girls and how we help help them comprehend their experience yeah. because also when you add the other layer on it which is whenever their parent your parents, my parents, any child's parent 
does anything bad or not say or is not able to show not does anything bad is not able to show up for their kids mm. for whatever reason and that's true of all of us we ha hold our own parents on a pedestal by the way we make them heroes and we don't see them as a human being we see them as this kind of god because they were god mm. when yeah. we when we were children but as children we at four years old if my mum can't be there for me i've got two options to see that the world's not a very nice place in this moment and that my mum can't be there for me or make it my own fault. And it's much safer for me as a four-year-old child to make it my fault because then I can start, subconsciously, of course, yeah. then I can start trying to make a difference. I can start trying to change myself, distorting myself. Maybe if I just get a bit smarter, maybe if I lose a bit of weight, maybe if I be a bit funnier, yeah? And if I end up finding that when I'm really funny... I make my sad mum happy, Yeah. then maybe I'll start getting my sense of self, believing that it's based on making other people happy. Yeah. And then maybe I'll start growing up thinking that it's my duty if people aren't happy to make them happy. Yeah. And then maybe I'll start using alcohol and cocaine when yeah. I'm out and about with people, because when I feel a little bit less than, I get my own sense of gratification from how happy and laughing I get you people. So I need alcohol and exactly. drugs, otherwise I can't be myself. And that's Fuck addictive out. in itself. Wow. Well, wow. That is yeah. addiction. Yeah. That's it. That that's is it. it. From a stop, that was so good, by the way. Very I want to record, I want to like snapshot that. Yeah. That was perfect. That is like, if we could have a sound bite for a 45 second, what is addiction? That was it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, that, you've had like three mind blow moments. This is in getting dangerous face. now. Okay. In your face! In your face! But <laughs> yes. right, I want to pause here because we, we've had a really good conversation about addiction. I think it took us an hour to really get into the sexy depths with Josh Connolly about this. But mate, thank you for this. This has been unbelievable. Um, we're, we're coming back next week, aren't we? Um, yes. And we're going to speak a little bit, I think, about masculinity. I forget which yeah, one we have in there. masculinity. Here. I think we might also be inviting an old friend of ours, jo uh, Pooch, back onto the dog days who'll be sitting just on your right shoulder there Josh so can't wait for that that is going to be very exciting good um, stuff this I, th I think may have been one of my favourite podcasts uh, really I've really enjoyed this conversation yeah, yeah it's been good Are you, uh, we, we've managed to get Josh into a lovely flow state Jack I, I really appreciate your honesty anytime it's Anytime. brave. It's important yeah. that you were this honest. I want people to be able to relate out there that are in the same situation because I know so many are. Well, uh, it's, it's admirable. And I'm it makes it very human when exactly. you've got somebody that's yeah. willing to open yeah. themselves up and then just, you know, yeah, yeah. I sort of tried to pull you apart Absolutely. a little bit through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you just let me do it, it which is no, it was good. great. It makes a, a full conversation. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, I want to say thank you so much to both of you and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Perfect. I'm there. Yeah. Thank you. Au revoir. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.